sufficiently high. Sufficiently high? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some Torah. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I did take one improv class. Not to toot your own horn, but toot toot, motherfucker. <laughs> toot toot, motherfucker. <laughs> I feel like if I was to toot my own horn, it wouldn't be a toot. It would be like a honk <laughs> not or like something like, but i feel like it wouldn't be a honk it'd be like more of like a, like a whimsical honk yeah for sure it would be it would be as if dr seuss had written the words for the honk yes yes the what is it called an onomatopoeia oh yeah like boom pow yeah, exa- yeah. exactly like dr seuss would have written the onomatopoeia yeah for your honk yes totally mm-hmm. oh so this is an interesting question so I just started watching The Great British Bake Off, which Mm -hmm. is the most amazing show ever. I know it's taken me forever, everyone. I know, but I'm so into it. It's incredible. And I was saying the other day that if my brain was a cake, like what kind of cake would it be? (laughs) Not again. We'll get back to that later. Yes. (laughs) Note this, listeners, because we are going to explain to you what just happened. Yeah, put a pin in this. Um, but I was saying that if my brain was a cake, it would be funfetti with buttercream frosting. What would yours be? It would be a coconut cake with dark chocolate frosting. Yes. Yes. That's it what it would sure be. would. Yeah. <laughs> it's as if I knew the answer before and I'm like, you got it right. Like, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> you just won a million dollars. Oh, a girl can dream. A girl can dream. If anybody wants to give me (laughs) a million dollars dollars, I'm willing to do not like anything but like I would do a lot of things for a million dollars I'm willing to do do like a handful of things for for sure a a firm handful a large handful like like you took a big thing of chips all those chips are things that I'm willing to do for a million dollars I think you could take a much bigger handful of like M&M's yeah but I don't know how many things, like, I don't know if there's like, right. Is it in, yeah. Is it M&M or chip form? Totally. So, okay. So what just happened, everyone, (laughs) was back in the day when we were still in DC and we would record in my room, Lindsay would 11 times out of 10 would spill ash on my white comforter every single time (laughs) we recorded. I've said this once. I'll, I'll say it again. I, I, I spill things. I'm a person who spills things. That's kind of part of like who I am as a human being. So it's an endearing section of me. It's, that is an endearing section of you. <laughs> it sure is. Um, <laughs> surprise! Lindsay and I are actually recording this IRL actually on my bed again. Yes. Just like the old days. TBT. Um, TBT. And she just... Nothing has changed. She just spilled a whole bunch of ash on my bed. And good thing that we had a towel down because yep. she she suggested it. I said no because I don't have the same comfort anymore. It's not white. It's gray now. So I was like, you know, I think it'll be fine. And then I spilled ash and then she immediately spilled ash. And so props to Lindsay for that. And <laughs> I know my know, own. I know my own weaknesses. Yeah. I applaud you for your humility self-awareness honestly self-awareness. yeah thank you yeah yep I I told you about this actually I would love to talk to you about this mm-hmm. I've recently kind of been on this kick where I think that people are a certain percentage smart and a certain percentage wise but it will add up to a hundred 
And I think that that can vary at mm-hmm. different points in your life, obviously. Like, I feel like when I was studying for the GMAT, I was significantly more smart than wise yeah. because I didn't really put any emotional energy into my EQ and yep. I put it all towards just learning yep. facts. Yeah. But now, and there's a very funny story where I was talking to my roommate, Chris, shout out Chris. And I was like, I think that I am 65% wise 30% smart. That's wrong, obviously. <laughs> I am in business school. And then Chris goes, maybe it's more 70-30. And I was like, fair. <laughs> fair. But you know what? And it's not me saying I'm not a smart bitch. It's the recognition that wiseness and smartness hold equal value. Yes. Yes. And you need you need people on all spectrums in order to live life. Yep. And um, there's people who are zero percent wise, 100 percent smart and vice versa. And it's just uh, an interesting thing that I've recognized about myself is at this point in my life, I am significantly more wise than smart, but I'm really enjoying that wiseness. I'm really enjoying getting to know myself more getting to know others more. I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh, I love that. One, two, I completely agree. It wasn't until recently that I realized that being smart and being wise actually did hold equal weight because your entire because your entire life up until you actually get into working and find your true niche and what you're doing with your actual work, everything is just quantitative based. Yeah. And it's all can you do well on this test? Can you like memorize the answers to these specific formulas? All this stuff that is just based on like a specific conditioning that mm-hmm. you have to get used to rather than the actual soft skills that are equally as important, mm-hmm. if not more important, I would argue, in actually getting ahead in life. Not even getting ahead in life, but just being successful and feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm probably like 80% wise, 20% smart these days, largely because, again, my work is more so being wise rather yeah. than being smart. Your like, work I, is EQ. My, my work is people. Like Mm -hmm. I work with people all day long, every day. We like to call ourselves analytical people, but like being a human is inherently subjective. My job is to figure out that subjectivity Yeah. and try to get us in the same playing field, you know? And that is, is just as hard as like solving a math problem Uh for some people. Like that's what I'm good at, but like I could never be an engineer because I'm horrible at math or I just wasn't. Taught you well weren't taught well. I wasn't taught well enough. I, I like well enough. Yeah. like a shout out is I am not a math person. However, I was able to take the GMAT and be totally fine because I had a couple of women tell me like, no, you've just been told math isn't important. So you've never devoted energy to it. Yeah. If you just had decided and there's no reason for you to, so I'm not telling you to do yeah. so, but like if you had decided to spend three months really studying math, you would be good at math. Well, it's Why also, would you? it's also there, there was another podcast that also talked that had a whole episode about how women are conditioned to like think that they're bad at math automatically is unladylike podcast shout out. And it was basically like women are from elementary school, just conditioned to think that they're going to be worse at math and better at the soft skills stuff mm-hmm. like English and more like touchy feely. And, and a lot of it just comes down to like how people teach you. Yep. And I had 
horrible math teachers growing up horrible math teachers and I don't think I have a math brain anyway yeah but the I literally feel like I'm at like a first grade level (laughs) like it's just because like my like good learning of math kind of stopped there and that just like I feel like it's like too far to catch up now yeah and there's no reason for me to catch up so whatever no exactly but I know why and I know that it's not because I'm stupid no or that I'm like inherently horrible at math it's because I haven't been taught well and now I'm kind of like I'm 26 what am I gonna do you like it's like you could it doesn't mean that you should it's also like not something that you enjoy as long as you and I don't think that you don't but I need to say it out loud is like as long as you recognize that you could right the other day I made a joke to somebody and it was kind of like a self-deprecating joke but it usually played you know and like this person kind of like took it wrong I said something along the lines of before I came to business school I had never opened Excel. Like I didn't even know what like a function was in Excel. Like I had just used it as a way to like make tables. And they were like, why would investors give money to somebody who didn't know about Excel? And I was like, because that was how I started. And now I do know Excel and I did learn. And why would you assume that after a year and a half in business school, I wouldn't have gained the same hard skills. I mean, and like, no, am I the best one in my class? No, absolutely not. But I can get by, you know, and that's, that's all I need. I know my limits. I know my boundaries, but. Right. That's so fucking annoying. Mm. It's bullshit. Bullshit. You have investors because you're a badass bitch with an amazing idea. So. And you're brilliant (laughs) and you're just doing everything right. So everyone can back off. Okay. Back fuck off I'm trying my hardest and it's going okay so it's going okay um should we say hello (laughs) yeah um what's up guys welcome to sufficiently Sufficiently high I'm Lindsay I'm Rachel and this is the podcast where we get a little high and talk a little Torah so happy to be here Buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) That felt good. That felt so good. That That felt so good. That was an adrenaline rush. It hasn't been that long Mm -hmm. since we last spoke to you all. A shorter hiatus. Shorter hiatus than before. Good one. Solid. (laughs) All from you, baby. We both just paused to take a sip of me, my vodka White Claw, and Lindsay, the blunt rolled in wax. (laughs) oh wax concentrate that we just started smoking speaking of which we should do a little kush corner so I want to give a big shout out to colonial cannabis company which is Rachel's jam yeah we love this place for multiple reasons if you know you know but colonial cannabis company which is very fun very cool the dudes are awesome it's in northampton massachusetts um they only do recreational uh they don't do medical so just be wary on that but they are really kind dudes (laughs) we love a kind dude we love a kind dude capital k capital Capital d tm yeah (laughs) we love a kind dude tm yep It's a new segment, Lindsay. <gasps> a new segment to empower men. Kind dude DM. But honestly, let's lift up kind dudes. Let's lift up kind dudes. 
We are smoking a, a little bit of flour intermixed with a little bit of wax. Fun fact, if you know how to roll a joint or a blunt, Rach is amazing at rolling blunts. I can roll a joint and together we are unstoppable. Mm -hmm. But we're smoking a blunt that Rachel so expertly rolled. <laughs> and um, the wax is a sativa dominant hybrid, but it's like a 6535. Like it's mm. not overpoweringly sativa I love that mm -hmm. I love that, that was your last one and so mm -hmm. that's why I got the wax in that mm -hmm. one I love it colonial <laughs> cannabis shout out to you <laughs> we heart you we heart you big fans all right this is gonna be a spicy episode it's kind of as if you were to eat wings for breakfast lunch and dinner and the wings hit your tongue and you were like "Ooh, these are buffalo I <laughs> spicy Spicy, spicy, spicy for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, you know, a, a full course meal, protein. Who does that? Nobody I know. I did that today. <laughs> Think that spicy, super fucking spicy. There are the high holidays, and then closely following them are two I would say less widely celebrated, but still wonderful, joyful holidays. And I would argue way too underrated way to have to, and underrated I'll get, and I'll get into this but to have to go through all of Yom Kippur Rosh Hashanah like that whole rigmarole and if you don't celebrate these two it's just like you're just like stopping after like that's like that's like studying for finals and not going out after and getting absolutely drunk. it's like it's like failing to black out at finals yeah after finals after fi not at, <laughs> at finals. finals it's failing to black out during your exam if you don't black out during your exam you you're a simp yeah you're a simp. <laughs> <laughs> simp. that's amazing a simp what's a simp i don't really know it's like internet slang in gen z so we do the high holidays and then we are followed by some fun underrated Get drunk, do what you want, enjoy mm -hmm. Mother Nature, the harvest, and God and the divine. So first, we're going to have Sukkot, mm -hmm. and shortly after is Shmini Atzeret slash Simchas Torah. No, it's Simcha Torah. We know. We know. So I'm going to kick us off with Sukkot, and if anyone has watched the league here, um, it's otherwise known as suck it, <laughs> but if you haven't, then that joke just went right over your head, which is fine. You'll get, yeah. you'll get the other one. No big deal. <laughs> like Lindsay said, this is the party episode. Sukkot is the feast of the tabernacle. It's a festival holiday. And we've talked about the tabernacle before, but as a refresher, <laughs> the tabernacle, what a word. Tabernacle. Tabernacle. <laughs> is a portable earthly dwelling that was used by the Israelites. So like a, basically like a, like a portable, like place of prayer. And Sukkot is also known as Chag Ha'asif, which is the festival of ingathering or the harvest festival, which is similar, but different to the one on Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> and is the only festival associated with an explicit commandment to rejoice. And it's a whole week long. So basically, you're commanded to have fun and party for an entire week. The Jewish version of Syllabus Week, pretty much. <laughs> but even though it's a week long, it's not entirely the same as Syllabus Week. 
instead of a frat basement, you're in a hut. And instead of slapping a bag of Franzia and dancing on a table, you're shaking a lemon and performing an interpretive dance with a small tree. <laughs> but as, <laughs> as we do, as we do, that's like saying ceremonial ram's horn. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. just saying it very normally. Exactly. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself. So way too excited about Sukkot. I'm going to explain the significance of Sukkot, what we do in the Sukkah what a sukkah is <laughs> on and some warm and fuzzy thoughts to close us out before we get to another party holiday of Simcha's Torah. <laughs> All yeah. I could think about just now then was like significant Sukkot. Significant Sukkot. What's that from? Nothing. I just, you said oh, significant you just... and then Sukkot. Those were my two favorite words that you said. So I put them together. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's just wiggle on into this juicy slice of Torah. Mm. Like I said, Sukkot is seven days long. And in these seven days, you basically spend all your time in this man-made dwelling called the Sukkah. And a Sukkah is typically in people's backyards, under the open sky, and is supposed to have at least three walls and a roof made of unprocessed vegetation, typically bamboo, pine bows, or palm branches. Mm. And as I was reading this on Chabad.org, I was like, where the fuck does anyone get bamboo? <laughs> like, is this on Amazon? Like, like, where is this coming from? And I, I've never built a sukkah, so I have no clue. So I Googled it. And apparently there are like a plethora of websites where you can get this kind of stuff. There's like kosher.org com or something like that. Like kosher.org. I don't know. So but what... you, you can get them on Amazon, which great. Would... So accessible. We love to see that. <laughs> Would you venture to say that you were bamboozled? I was bamboozled by the <laughs> amount of options. Yeah. That is crazy. I don't know if that's the right use of the word bamboozled, but I also use the word bamboozled and when I'm like, I'm drunk. I'm like, I'm so bamboozled. So Yeah, I don't know. I just needed to make it. But I pun. do like that. I do like that. Thank yeah, I, w- I was bamboozled. You're in the hut and you're apparently supposed to spend all your time in this hut. At the very least, you have to have all of your meals in there. Some people sleep in there, but that's not required according to Chabad.org. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so one of the most distinctive observances of Sukkot, other than the hut, is the taking of the four kinds, which includes the etrog, aka the citrus, so like a lemon or something like that, the lulav, which is a palm frond, the hadassim, which are myrtle twigs, and aravot, which are willow twigs. You guys should see Lindsay's face right now. She's so wet. Like, it's crazy. I'm beaming with pride. Beaming beaming with pride. Rachel sounds so learned. I am so wet. I'm wet for her learnedness. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Like, literally, her face was like, oh, wow. The lulav. The etro. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) It just uh, tickles uh, a bone. It tickles... Tickles a bone. <laughs> sure does. So there's the four those four things. Um, so you bundle these all together and you wave them in six directions, which is right, left, forward, up, down, and backwards. And it's like think hokey pokey esque, but you shake about the handful of plants rather than like your right foot, left foot, etc. You know, that was okay, that was like a Jewish day. Yeah, so I guess that was a Jewish song that we sang at. Yeah, so I didn't go to I didn't go to Jewish day school, so I don't Yeah. No. Yeah, it was it was definitely a jam. It was yeah, a tune. Sa- yeah, it sounds like 
sounds like a tune. Yeah, it, sounds it was like a definitely tune. a tune. Definitely a tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the four kinds. The four kinds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> they represent more than just different types of Mediterranean shrubbery. The sages of the Midrash, which is the interpretation of scripture, say that the four kinds represent the various personalities, experiences, and thoughts of the communities of Israel, whose intrinsic unity we emphasize and celebrate on Sukkot. So the Lulav, Etrog, Hadas, and Arava are all incredibly different and unique from each other, much like the different Talagavansi stuff, much like the, she's literally beaming at me right now. Um, okay. Much like the different types of people that comprise the Jewish community. But when we put them together and shake them all up, we're reiterating that despite our differences and disparities, we're all one. We're all held together by this common thread of our Jewish identity. And the Midrash continues with God saying, let them all bond together in one bundle and atone for each other implying that each of the four kinds possesses something that the other three do not, and thus atone and compensate for that quality's absence in the other three. So you could look at this from like a large scale that you need all kinds of people or all kinds of thought to create a strong community. But you can also look at this from a much more like personal individual scale where you need all kinds of people and thought to create a person. And Sukkot is where we bond and celebrate with each other in the hopes that like others' qualities will rub off on you. And I just love the essence of that. And we talked about Sukkot being right after the high holidays, um, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, a very solemn time of introspection and reflection. And after all the atoning, now you're commanded to just have fun and celebrate for seven straight days. And I think about celebrations and like everything always comes back to like people for me of what makes a celebration. I'm at my best when I'm surrounded by great people. Like I'm at my most energized when I'm surrounded by smart, kind, genuine, like funny, which is the most important Mm -hmm. people, because I feel like it's like magic dust that like rubs off on you and you leave and you're like, wow, witty repartee and ambition. Like I can have that. Sure. I can also say those things. Sure. And like, I know that this is a very like extroverted perspective of like you get a lot of energy from like being around a lot of people but it doesn't have to be in just like a party sense of what I'm talking about when you're surrounded by a lot of people like the best relationships are the one where you have a yin to your yang and you're compatible by nature but your differences are what will ultimately make both of you stronger as individuals because you'll instill that confidence in them to improve in themselves and that they will do the same for you like I think about our relationship all the time about how Lindsay, I'm looking at Lindsay. <laughs> me and everyone of y'all. Me and everyone we're talking. I think about our relationship <laughs> listeners. <laughs> All of your feedback. <laughs> Imagine if we listened to all of our feedback. <laughs> Talk about confidence. Talk about instilling confidence. Who? Um, anyway, no, Lindsay. I think about our relationship all the time like that. And that you challenge me to like stretch myself, but also give me the confidence to make me think that I can meet those challenges and like stretch myself. And I think, and I hope I would do the same for you. And I I feel that way about all the strong relationships in my life where we're just there for the betterment of each other. Humanity can't exist if we isolate ourselves from each other and like we need people and 
it's a tough pill to swallow right now because it's like, yeah, I fucking need people. Like, no shit, I need people. Yep. <laughs> but now more than ever, it's like you need to just figure out how to get that confidence over to other people and figure out how like best to like make it known that like you're there for them and you're on their team. And like when people know that like you're on their team, like they want to be on yours, mm-hmm. I think. And so coming together for each other for the benefit of our future selves, super important these days. And once we do that, that's when it spreads to a much larger scale. And that's when real shit starts to change. So to wrap, to wrap, <laughs> wicka, 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 wicka. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I, I did why. that. I don't know why, <laughs> know why we any, did that at the same time. I don't know any, that doesn't have anything to do with rap. I mean, no. it's not rap. To wrap up, I love that the message of Sukkot is to celebrate yourself and the other people in your life that support you and challenge you and give you the confidence to be better. And I hope everyone listening to this just really resonates with that message and like celebrate themselves. Draw yourself a party, a COVID safe party in your honor. And you're just the shit. Okay. And other people should see that. And you should help other people see that in themselves, which we all can do. So that's the beans. A (laughs) self-celebration party. I love, oh, I would love a self-celebration party. Hell yeah. A six feet apart. That sounds like... (laughs) Some kind of dirty if you're like a self celebration party. A self celebration. Yeah. But fun. Whatever. Sounds fun. Flirty and fun. I have two things to say. The first is that I was grinning the way that SpongeBob grins at Squidward when he goes, You like Krabby Patties, don't you, Squidward? Because that's the exact same thing where I was like, you're a learned bitch about Judaism, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) I had the SpongeBob smile. Lindsay. Oh. Look at this. Look at this mess. I made a mess. I'm sorry. Continue. Um, You were just complimenting me so much. (laughs) I was, but I did make a mess. Sorry, but I'm a learned Jewish bitch. Yeah, you are a learned Jewish bitch, but that was the face, dear listeners. I wanted you to picture when Rachel was like, Lindsay is grinning at me, and it's weird. (laughs) It wasn't Cheshire Cat, it was you like Krabby Patties, don't you, Squidward? Um, second of all. I love when you talk about yin to my yang being bipolar. I feel like there was a time and still it sometimes happens, but less frequently so where I was either very, very up and very, very down. And I feel like we became such good friends because for many other reasons, but one of which being is that you, when I was down, you were able to bring me up. And when I was up, you were able to bring me down. And that was such a beautiful thing that not that many people were able to do. And I loved that. Oh, <laughs> that was a special time when we first met. I think about that a lot these days. Yeah. Those like early days of our friendship. And this was two years ago now. Absolutely. Two plus years ago now. And that's, that's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. But also, I am a different person. Yeah. Yeah. And so are you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Yeah. I've kind of lost touch with the person that I was two years ago. And I think that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm similar. I don't think I'm too different, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. I've definitely evolved from at least who I was when I like left DC. Yeah. Like when I left D- I feel like I was at a very low point when yeah. I left DC. I, mean, I think like, both of us just yeah. overstayed our welcome in the city and we yeah. just needed to get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think about this all the time, like, how different I was from just, like, a year ago from now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, so much has happened this year alone that it's just crazy. It's called growth, bitch. It's called growth, bitch. 
We love that. We, we love, love to see growth. It. Big so growth gals over big, here. Big growth gals over here. We love that growth with a capital G. Mm-hmm. Okay. Growth gals TM. Growth gals TM. So we have kind dudes TM. Growth cool. gals TM. And then cool hot girl TM. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the big three. All right, cool. So you want to take us into... Simclatora? Yes! I am very excited to do the horror all around Simclatora. <laughs> <laughs> that just came to me. <laughs> Talk about improv chops. Funny story about Simclatora while Lindsay is pulling up her documents. When Lindsay and I first became friends, so around two years ago at this time, we were friends for I think like a couple months at this time, maybe two or three months at this time. And Lindsay texted me one day, dead serious. Hey, what are you doing tonight for Simchatora? <laughs> and I was like, uh, n- nothing. What are, what are you doing tonight for Simchatora? <laughs> What's going on? This is almost a year after I started to gather and I was just like, no, I'm not doing anything for fucking Simchatora. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like okay I didn't realize people actually cool who actually did that (laughs) and Lindsay was like no it's gonna be really really fun you should definitely do something with us and I was like uh maybe not and then it's a good thing I didn't go (laughs) I can't wait to address that story yeah so which we'll get into later so but that was just funny because I was like who is this girl that I just fucking met that is asking me to hang out on this random (laughs) Jewish holiday like I thought she was normal (laughs) Uh, no. I didn't realize that Simplatora was such a huge party. No, it was such a good lead-in to what I was going to talk about because it can be, I would say, for most secular Jews, it's not. Mm-hmm. We were saying earlier that Sukkot and Simplatora are easily the two most underrated Jewish holidays. Underrated. Sure. They're parties. They're parties. parties. Especially in college and a little bit after college. Like I went to some pretty fun parties for like Sukkot or whatever mm-hmm. that there was just like a sukkah and it was like a Jewish fraternity and we just like got really drunk in the sukkah and yeah. like you know what that so was fun so, so much fun. fun so Jewish so fun following this eight-day rager that is Sukkot we stumble upon a little holiday called Shmini Atzeret slash Simcha Torah what <laughs> two for one yes in Israel, this holiday is celebrated only one day. But since we are in the good old diaspora, we get two days of flirty fun celebration. Shminiat Sered accounts for the first day. And then the second day is called Simcha Torah. And I know what you're thinking. These two holidays, they sure do seem like a dynamic duo, but what exactly are they celebrating? You read my mind, loyal listener, because that was next on my shit to explain before I get to the juicy parts list. Shmini Atzeret is the day after Sukkot ends, and it marks the official start of Israel's rainy season, which was obviously very important in biblical times because crops need water and and such. And to celebrate, the Jews go a little crazy, a little wacky, and they add a prayer for rain as part of the larger blessings of the Amidah, which is a big central prayer in Judaism. Simcha Torah is the day after Shmini Atzeret, 
And that's the one that most people in the U.S. know. Simcha Torah is the following day and it celebrates the conclusion of one and the beginning of another annual cycle of readings from the Torah. So depending on whether you are Reform, conservative, orthodox, Hasidic, traditional, Reformation, whatever, like all of the ones they have, some have different cycles, like some sects finish the Torah every three years, some do it every year, it just depends on how often they're reading the Torah, each their own. According to Chabad.org, it is a day characterized by utterly unbridled joy, which reaches its climax when, you guessed it, we get to read the Torah. Yes, it does. That reminds me of one of our OG very early podcasts when it was like the best way to get high is to stick my head in a like a steaming pot of Torah. (laughs) (laughs) Steaming pot of Torah. That's hilarious. Shemini Atzeret. Oh, I love that word. I love that phrase though. Not phrase, it's a name, but like I just really love the way it sounds. Mm. Shemini Atzeret. Isn't it? Pretty. I love the I love the sound of a sadiq. For everyone that doesn't know, a sadiq is the Hebrew letter that sounds like a. It's a sexy sadiq. Yeah, it's like the the tz sound. Yeah, yeah, the tz. It's delicious. Mmm, a sexy dose of sadiq. TLDR. It's a celebration of all things Torah. I actually have some beautiful childhood memories surrounding Simcha Torah. At my Jewish day school and elementary school, we would unroll the entire Torah and we would watch the parchment take up the entire room. And I think the point of this exercise was to remind us that the Torah was really, really long. And we were like eight and we were like, no, we fucking know because we had to do prayers every fucking day and we knew it was long. But it took up the entire JCC gym. There's a lot there. Yeah. Pin that for later. My family would go to synagogue when I was younger and we would carry the Torah around or watch others do it. And um, there was like dances and you would sing songs that we had learned in Jewish day school and we would celebrate and we would eat those gross temple cookies that have jelly like somewhere on them, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yep. Simcha Torah is not a holiday many secular Jews celebrate. And I've told this story in the podcast before. And then Rachel so perfectly led me into this segment of my little chat. I remember it, and I'm not sure which one was right, but I remember that it was when Rachel and I were on the cusp of from being good friends to best friends because she had like just recently made a joke about like, no, we're like like best friends, huh? And I was like, no, we're best friends. And we were like, we're best friends. So it was like right on that cusp. And I was like, hey, what are you doing for Simha Torah? And she was like, what the fuck, Lindsay? Have you met me? Like, this is so weird. (laughs) Like, that's so weird of you to ask. No, what you said is completely what happened. (laughs) And it's so weird of you to ask. (laughs) So weird of you to ask. Like, so off brand. So weird. What a weird take. I would love to provide some context for the story. (laughs) Every time I think about it, it's so funny. (laughs) 
so weird. It's so weird. So I was at the time dating a nice Jewish boy who was a touch more ritualistic than say Rachel and I. So my perspective was a little bit warped because we were right at that point, which by the way, wasn't necessarily healthy and the relationship did not last, but like at the point where like we were spending all of our time together and I was spending a bunch of time with his friends and um, my perspective was just like a little off, off for me not saying off for others, everybody to each their own. This sweet boy was religious enough to have a kosher kitchen, but he wasn't so devout that he couldn't sneak out of Simcha Torah services to fuck me in the bathroom. And for that, I will always think fondly of him. Y'all vaguely heard this story on the podcast once, but I figure I'd say it again in case my mom and dad didn't hear it the first time. So we read the Torah again and again. Same. Every day. Every day. It is beautiful and divine and holy, but it's same shit, different year. And we do this because according to the the Jewish authorities on things, aka Chabad.org and myjewishlearning.org. Yeah, reformjudaism.org. Yeah, (laughs) reformjudaism.org. I mean, maybe the pillars. (laughs) Yeah. According to them, you read the Torah because no matter how many times you read the Torah, you're going to glean a new lesson from old stories. All this is to say, if you want to look at the larger picture, which I know you do, There is value in going through the same things again and again. The struggle is often not for nothing. History repeats itself. This is true both in your AP US history class, which I never took, and also in your life. Of course you took AP US history. Loved (laughs) A-push. Of fucking course you loved A-push. Obviously, I don't think you've ever told me that, but I knew that crushed Crushed a push. (laughs) It also shows up in your life. If you've gone Mm -hmm. to therapy, you'll know that in your life, there are patterns or there are times when you feel like you're watching the same show just with new actors. By the way, you don't need to have actually gone to therapy, but I do think that that is a good branch to say if you've checked in with your mental health, you should be able to recognize patterns in your life. Mm-hmm. These patterns can be good. Sometimes they can be toxic. And occasionally they are mostly out of your control. Regardless, each time that a pattern repeats itself, you learn a new lesson and you grow a little bit more. There's always parts of yourself that are left unexplored. You are complex. You are creative. You have infinite depths. You are a child of God. You will never learn all that there is to know. So I am obviously my own favorite subject, and I cannot help but to think about patterns in my own life. The circumstances that seem to repeat again and again I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as all for nothing. So I have to believe that there is some purpose that our repetition serves. An example from my own life, let's do a little dance and make a little (laughs) love by boogieing on into a pattern I identified in my own romantic relationships embarrassingly recently. Let's do it. Let's go. Again and again, I clung to men who I so strongly believe 
deserved my love and I disregarded the question of whether or not they were willing or able to reciprocate. And that's a lesson that I'm doing my best not to relive. It took repetition and a lot of recklessness with my own emotions, but eventually I learned to identify red flags early enough that the story no longer repeats itself verbatim because it doesn't last quite long enough to break my heart, maybe Mm -hmm. only like bruise it. Mm -hmm. So guys, gals, and goys, Mm -hmm. the Torah is a JCC gym circumference worth of lessons to learn and stories worth repeating. It is long and complex and divine, and we are only humans, which means that it's going to take us more than a single reading to learn the lessons nestled on into the text of the Torah. So on Simcha Torah, we rejoice in the stories we've lived, the lessons we've learned, and we gear up for that sweet and savory growth that is yet to come. Boom. Boom. (laughs) Wow. Mic drop. That was beautiful. Thank you. I completely agree. I can't wait for the growth. I'm so proud of your growth. I'm so proud of your growth. what a brave, always brave, vulnerable, honest, and just very fucking spot on um, way to think about our lives. (laughs) Really. So we really should figure out a way to make this more fun. I mean, you and me. Me Rachel and I, we we're on it <laughs> against the stigma of the lesser holidays of Judaism. We're on it, folks. We're on Don't it. Don't worry. We made Shavuos cool. Yeah. So yeah, you guys hear the news about Shavuos? Yeah, you can find and us like partying on Shavuos. It's in like the top five holidays now. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like right behind Passover. It's crazy. <laughs> According to CoolJews.org. <laughs> Cooljudaism.org. It's like it's like greekrank.org or dot com. Um, okay, so now we're going into a freshly titled segment. Absolutely. So to to preface it, we asked you listeners via our platform Instagram. <laughs> via our platform on Instagram. We were like, hey guys, questions. We picked a few. Some were cool, some were less cool, and we picked the three ones we wanted to answer the most. <laughs> we certainly did. And we called it Chai Thoughts. T-H-O-T-S. First question that we got is, which one of you are single? Number one, I'm so flattered. So flattered. <laughs> um... Well, I am not single. As I said last episode, I have a boyfriend and I still have a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> boyfriend has continued to exist. Con- continues to exist. I, I am I am single. I, I don't know if you could tell. I am comfortably exploring my limits and boundaries when it comes to what I'm looking for in a relationship. That was a lot of buzzwords, but I think that that's true. It's it's certainly not untrue (laughs) that is for sure that's for sure that's all you really need to know (laughs) yeah all right if um she's doing her thing as always peeps yeah just doing my doing my thing maybe you can nope 
I'm doing really good at catching myself. It's a lot of growth there. Um, okay. What's question number two? Number two. Let's let's shift on over to our Semitic side and answer the question. How do you get into Jewish stuff if you were raised Jew-ish? So I think it all goes down to the core of like ritualistic versus religious. And I think that if you learn a little bit about Judaism, you'll find the places and the values that you connect with. And for me, it's things so small as just like honoring my ancestors, which isn't a small thing, but it's not necessarily something that is consistently in my life, but I enjoyed that. Once you have a connection to Judaism, the rituals will feel less silly and more grounding. It's tough to like try to go from like zero to a hundred. Like I don't mm-hmm. think you should like have to do that. But I think starting small and seeing like again, like to your point, like identifying like what value system like makes sense <laughs> and seeing where those things align in rituals. Where do you want to be and where can you like meet that in the middle? Start there and then build off of that. But also like it's a two-way street. If you're doing this for a certain reason, like it shouldn't be like you have to force yourself doing this again, like zero to a hundred. It should be like what works for you right now and where can you see yourself growing into and then like work yourself up from there. If you're feeling like overwhelmed, it should be a give and take. You know, that's what religion is there for. It's a, it's a safety net. It's not a it shouldn't it's not, it's not all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. Any person who you're with, depending on, and this goes back to like what I was talking about with how ritualistic you are, that the person needs to meet you halfway the same way that you are meeting them halfway. Yeah. And it's not your job to be Jewish the same way that your partner is Jewish. Um, third question. <laughs> what is the highest you've ever been um okay i can, I can start on please one. do when i was in college it was like my i want to say like my second week of freshman year and i was at a frat house with like late night after after the parties with my best friend sarah who you know who's still my best friend today shout out sarah big um, Sarah fan. Big, big Sarah fan. Shout out Sarah. We were at a party and we were with her friends that she knew from home that were in this frat. And I didn't like smoke a lot then because like I was a freshman in college and I was like pretty drunk. I wasn't like blacked out by any means. Like I was fine, but I was like drunk and someone handed me a bong and I took a hit of the bong and I handed it back to them and I was standing up and I just fell down, just (laughs) fell right down, just hit the floor, hit the floor. And I'm in a room of like 10, 11 people hit the floor and I get my bearings. I stand up and I'm like, Oh my God, who the fuck pushed me? (laughs) And they're like, excuse me. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just met you all. I I can't believe one of you pushed me down. 18 year old, like freshman year fucking bitch wreaking some havoc in their fraternity house almost like whacking my head on their desk because I just fall to the floor because I can't handle weed and I'm just like high in my mind and I'm like I can't believe this I can't believe you guys are denying this happened and like I'm convinced Sarah's friends are like 
get her out of here. <laughs> get her out of here. The funny thing about this frat is that <laughs> I came back to this frat and I redeemed myself and all of my best friends are in this frat now and a lot of our listeners are, are in this frat. So shout out. Shout out fraternity. I won't say the name, but if you know, you know. <laughs> um, I-Y-K-Y-K. And, yep. And I literally, like, left the fraternity house being like, they're crazy. Like, I can't believe that. Like, that's crazy. And it wasn't for, like, a couple days where I, until I was like, oh, oh, when we were at that frat house, like, I didn't, that, they, I didn't get pushed. Like, I fell. Oh. And my friends were like, yeah, yes, yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. But obviously, redeemed myself, so, yeah. <laughs> there is a constant theme of, like, tumbling down and then popping back up like yep. you yep. know what I mean yep. yeah <laughs> like I... a ball rolling down a hill like yes. you know oh, yes. a lot of those like allegories I don't know what oh that? yes yeah. yes no absolutely I I ate shit uh on the stairs at a bar in front of the guy that I am now dating <laughs> and uh so clearly <laughs> clearly found it charming <laughs> charming and dainty uh and I just completely ate shit and like tumbled down the stairs like a fucking potato rolling down a hill <laughs> and I got up and I was like did you see that and he was like yeah uh, yeah yeah I was full on full on right there just right in front of me in my vision and I was like damn anyway what's yours <laughs> <clears throat> I was 16 I was in my backyard with one of my very good friends and a boy she was dating who was in a Christian rock band. This doesn't narrow it down because I grew up in Texas. Um, but he was in a Christian rock band and he brought his friends and he told me, he was like, you can't overdose on weed. And I went upstairs and I Googled it and you couldn't overdose on weed. So I was like, I wonder how much weed I could smoke. I don't know exactly how much I smoked, but I know enough that I straight up like black, like I couldn't see, you know, and then I, and then I popped back in and then every second felt like an hour and I thought I was going to die. And I was, that was a limit and a boundary. I was like, no, 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 not again. Will I just smoke weed until I feel like I'm going to die? <laughs> oh my God, dude. That is so, but that's so, like, 16 years old. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this is crazy. I can do as much of this as I want. You're so fragile, yet so resilient. Yeah, totally. You think you're, you think you're invincible. Yeah. All right, should we go to our last segment? The cherry on top of the, the sundae. Cherry, the cherry on top of the delicious high sundae. <laughs> sufficiently high sundae. Is this kosher? <laughs> You want to go first? Sure. He works at Jewel and he really believes in its mission. <laughs> What's Jewel's mission? The mission is to provide an alternative for adult smokers. He like firmly believes in that mission. Like, like he in thinks the, he's like in like big tobacco. Mm -hmm. Like he thinks he's doing good. I think that would be how long have I been dating him? Three weeks. Okay, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. I could let that slide for a little bit. Yeah. I could let that slide for a little bit. Because I think there's, like, something to be said of making excuses to, like, make your job more bearable. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But, and that three weeks, like, who's to say? If we get to, like, three months or, like, 
six months and he's like i love jewel (laughs) that's like kind of weird yeah what about you so yeah i would say it is for now kosher however it would be something that i clocked as 94 percent likely not my husband yeah yeah um which which doesn't mean i wouldn't entertain it but at the same time and it's not like i'm on the search for a husband but i also like my time is significantly more valuable than it was even like two or three years ago. I don't like waste my time for fun anymore. Yeah, you know, totally. So you have been dating this guy for a couple months, two months, let's say. Okay, maybe not two months. Maybe it's been one month, but you really like him. Like he's yeah. great in every way except for this. Every single time that he says, I love kids or like, I like kids. Instead, he says, I love seven-year-olds. He obviously doesn't mean it maliciously or, like, in any creepy way. But, like, every time, like, he sees, like, a cute baby or, like, a cute toddler, he's like, I love four-year-olds. Oh, my God, that's so good. (laughs) Okay, that's the thing, though. Even if he doesn't mean it in a malicious way, it sounds a little malicious. And, like, the fact that, like, you don't know that it's, that's weird to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you should be able to identify a kid's age the same way that you can identify, like, automobiles. Right. Because that takes <laughs> studying. Yeah. Right, right. I think it is kosher maybe the first three times. And that could take weeks in the pandemic world, you know, and yeah. especially where we are. I don't often see children. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think after the third time it would no longer be kosher and I would have to ask and because out of curiosity and, um, then I would have to know why and I don't really want to. Yep. So it's, it's not (laughs) kosher. I agree. I completely agree. That was so good. That took a lot of guts in my mind. That my brain guts are exhausted. My brain guts are like, phew, phew, phew. Oh man. Well, that was a freaking blast. A blast and a half. A blast, a Rooney, man. We will stop chatting, but um, make sure to. Follow us on Instagram at sufficiently high, C H A I, and you can also email us sufficiently high, C H A I, at gmail.com. We love corresponding with our listeners, so give us a shout out. Sweet attention. Yep, we love that sweet, sweet attention of any kind. You know, <laughs> we love you. Thank you for listening. We miss you already. We'll be back in your ears before you know it. You know where to find us if you need us, if you want us, if you miss us, if you love us, anything. And we'll see you soon. Chag Sameach, baby. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sufficiently High. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about this podcast. Check us out while we get a little high and we talk a little Torah. For all questions, concerns, compliments, and general inquiries, email us at sufficientlyhigh, C-H-A-I, at gmail.com. Rach, can you pass the bong?